Today on Locked on Mariners, it's the Ace Fraley Show! Welcome to Locked on Mariners, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Here's your host, D.C. Lundberg. Good evening, Mariner fans. We have one really fun game to talk about, and also this morning's travesty. We will spend much more time on the former here on this early evening edition of Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, or T-L-O-P-N, or and brought to you by Stat Hero. Please remember to download, rate, and follow this program on whichever podcasting app that you personally care to use. Ask your smart device to play Locked On Mariners podcast or any program here on Tloppin. This morning's game took so long that I began pr- preparing it while it was still in progress. I started I started uh, getting the show together as it was winding down, and I wound up getting distracted when the game was over. As they went into the post-game show, Root Sports has this habit of playing the worst rap crap that they can find leading into the post-game highlights. I almost used the word music, which would have been wrong since rap is not music. In any case, yesterday evening's game was quite fun. Had a little bit of everything. Good starting pitchers, uh, good starting pitching from both starters for the most part. Really good defense by both teams highlighted by one Jake Fraley. Yes, thank you very much. And an exciting finish despite playing under T-ball rules. Dylan Thomas made his major league debut after 10 years in the minors, and the 28-year-old minor league veteran sure made his presence felt early with a great jumping catch up against the wall in the second inning, and boy, was he pumped up after that. Kyle Seager robbed, was robbed of a home run in the first inning by Derek Hill, who crashed into the wall. He had to leave the game, and he was placed on the injured list this morning. Casey Mize hit two batters in the first inning. Neither of them scored, however. Mitch Hanniger was on base when Kyle Seager was robbed. So that catch saved two runs, not just one. Chris Flexen labored a bit in the fifth inning, allowed a home run to Jake Rogers and an RBI single to Robbie Grossman, also allowed a sacrifice fly in the third. Flexen pitches six innings, allows six hits, uh, three runs. They were all earned. He walked one, allowed that one home run to Mr. Rogers, and struck out three. Jake Rogers, by the way, looks like he should play for the 1986 Red Sox with that spectacular mustache that he has. The Mariners' bullpen was also pretty good until the 10th inning. Paul Sewald and Rafael Montero both pitched scoreless innings in the 7th and 8th. It's amazing that Montero didn't blow the game since he was pitching in a tie ball game. And the 6th inning sure was fun, wasn't it? J.P. Crawford started things off with a double, again, having a very good stretch for Mr. Crawford. Manninger followed with a single, and then Kyle Seeger hit a no-doubt-about-it three-run bomb to tie the ballgame. Taylor Trammell walked with two outs, but was caught stealing at second base in a play that did not look particularly good. The uh, the game was tied through eight-and-a-half innings. Miguel Cabrera led off the bottom of the ninth with a single against Drew Steckenrider, whom I can no longer call Shaggy because that is apparently J.T. Chagua's nickname. He was pinch-run for, by the way, by Eric Haas. Nomar Mazara strikes out after an eight pitch at bat, uh, making Steckin Ryder work. But then Isaac Paredes hits the first ball he sees, kind of a low inside fastball off the outside corner, golfs it out to dead left field. It, it would have been out of there 
but I'm sure you know what happens next, gang. It did go over the wall, but not for long, as Jake Fraley leapt up with his back against the wall, timed that leap perfectly, made an outstanding catch to rob Mr. Paredes of that home run, threw an absolute strike to the cutoff man Shed Long Jr., who threw onto first base to double up Haas, who had wandered way too far off the bag, and that, ladies and gentlemen, was the play of the year, considering the circumstances. Aaron Goldsmith was going bananas on television. I was going bananas in the living room. Shannon, my roommate, had actually gone into her uh, bedroom because I was cooking asparagus, which apparently makes her ill. And as I was going nuts and she's in her bedroom, she called me on the phone to ask what the heck was going on. So I, you know, I told her and I, I kept checking MLB, the MLB app, uh, for the highlight so I could send it to her on her phone so she could watch it. And while preparing for this episode, I watched that play four more times. It was that good, ladies and gentlemen. But and with uh, getting back to the game, that the good news on that play, the Tigers did not win and the Mariners were still alive. The bad news, however, it was the bottom of the ninth inning with a tie ball game, which meant that T-ball rules would be in effect for the rest of the game, pretty much spoiling uh, not everything. But... Those T-ball rules are just so ridiculous. Both free runners for both uh, both teams scored in the 10th inning. Who cares? And then the Mariners go off in the 11th. There's a one-out intentional walk to Ty France. And then Ace Fraley hits a solid line drive up the middle to score the free runner. You know, good hit, but big deal, the free runner scoring. Who cares? Then Trammell is hit by a pitch to load the bases. Chedlong Jr. hits into a force play, forcing out Ty France at home. And then Dylan Thomas steps up to the plate. He had gone 0 for 4 up until that point, and his first Major League hit came at the most opportune time. Another solid line drive up the middle. Both Ace and Tram score to bring the score to 7-4. to Murphy then follows with a double to score Long and Thomas, who was motoring around from first base. 9-4 to is the score score at this point, bringing in Keenan Middleton to pitch the bottom of the 11th inning, and he was rough once again. Robbie Grossman led off with the 11th, led off the 11th, pardon me, with a two-run home run. Remember that there's that stupid free runner on, so it's a two-run home run rather than a solo home run. Jonathan Scope hit a single, but Middleton then went 1-2-3 the uh, rest of the way, and the score ended with a, uh, or the game ended, pardon me, with a 6-9-6 score. What is wrong with me. I guess I'm still just kind of a little amped up from last night, even though this morning's game was sucked. Winning pitcher last night was the Avocado, JT Chagua, but he also had a blown save. It would have been his first Major League save, but it also would have been a very cheap win, since the difference would have been the free runner. As it was, the Avocado earns his first win as a Seattle Mariner. The Mariners are now 6-0 and while playing under T-ball rules. The first three were cheap wins, where the difference was the uh, free runner, and that includes the eight-inning, extra-inning game, which was part of a doubleheader in Baltimore in mid-April. The last three games, the Mar- extra-inning games the Mariners played, the difference was not the free runner, so those were legitimate wins. We are up at the trivia corner now, ladies and gentlemen. Today is the birthday of a former Mariner. Quite a few former Mariners, actually, including Floyd Bannister, but this question is not about him. Uh, this is this one's going to take a little bit of time to set up. 
The Mariners traded away Carlos Guillen after the 2003 season to make room for new shortstop Richarilia, and that did not go very well. So the next offseason, the M's signed as a free agent someone to take Aurelia's place, a speedy, defensive-minded slap hitter with a little pop in his bat who had spent 2004 with the Red Sox, but most of his career with the Reds. Who am I talking about? I'll tell you after this word from Stat Hero. Do you know that 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose? Is it really that surprising? The game is rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts, who have more tools and more time. You don't stand a chance. Introducing Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sports book that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works, gang. Stat Hero shows you their shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It is you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy match matchup. You name your stakes. Winner take all. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineups ahead of time. No one else does that. You're in total control. Stat Hero is DFS the way it was meant to be. One-on-one. Play Stat Hero now and change the odds. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Sign up for free. And right now you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match that is unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Stathero.com slash locked on. Answer to the trivia question, ladies and gentlemen. After the failed Rich Aurelia experiment, the Mariners acquired Pokey Reese to play shortstop for the 2005 season. Happy birthday to Mr. Reese. Don't remember him? He never played a game as a Seattle Mariner. He spent the entire season on the disabled list. In fact, after 2004 with those Red Sox, he never played another major league game despite numerous comeback attempts. The opening day shortstop for the M's that year was Wilson Valdez, claimed off waivers at the very end of spring training, and then dumped midseason after hitting a robust 198 and playing a rather unimpressive shortstop. League average for sure, but nothing special, and certainly not good enough to justify an OPS of 489. The Mariners called up shortstops Mike Morse and Unieski Bentoncourt. Morse's defense was so poor, he was converted into an outfielder when Bentoncourt was called up. Bentoncourt was one of the most frustrating and uncoachable Mariners players I can remember. He'd, he'd stick around a few years, but his defense really wasn't anything to write home about, and he was atrocious offensively. Would not work the pitch count, would not draw any walks. He thought he was much better offensively than he was, and he would swing at everything. He may have swung up the pitcher through the rosin bag up to home plate. Coming up, I stop stalling and finally talk about this morning's abysmal game. Maybe. But right now we've got this word of importance from Rock Auto, a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Whether it's for your classic or for your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. 
And the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Does that make sense to you? Does not make sense to me. So go on over to rockauto.com to see all the parts available for your car, truck, van, SUV, or crossover. Right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know for an undisputed fact that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Welcome back to Locked On Mariners. Here once again is your host, DC Lundberg. Can't you tell that I was trying to stretch out the trivia corner as long as I could to put off talking about this morning's game? Yeah. Thank you very much, Joey Martin. And uh, before we get into this morning's game, which is not going to take up too much time, I hope, there are some roster moves to get to before we get into it to uh, buy even more time. The Mariners have traded for first baseman outfielder Jake Bowers out of the Cleveland Indians organization. He had been designated for assignment a few days ago, and in return, the Mariners will send cash considerations or a player to be named later. To make room on the 40-man roster and the active roster since uh, Jake Bowers started this morning at first base, the Mariners designated for assignment infielder Jack Mayfield. Bowers is still relatively young. He's 25. He's a former top prospect with the Tampa Bay Rays, and he hit for the cycle in 2018, which was his first Major League season. Decent pop, good on base skills, but way too many strikeouts. He plays first base, pretty good first base at that, left field and right field, so he kind of fills the Jose Marmolejos role with better defense and a little bit more speed, a lot more speed. Marmo couldn't run, but uh, Bowers is you know, maybe above average in terms of speed. This year for the Indians, Bowers slashed 190, 277, 280 in 43 games. He has a career slash line of 211, 309, 365 in 256 games. He did not play at all last year, and he spells his first name J-A-K-O-B, just like professional bowler Jacob Buttruff. Mayfield did okay in limited time with the Mariners. He filled in at second base and third base, hit 176. Kind of tough to judge a player with only 11 games under his belt for any stretch. He was more or less of a stopgap, though, until Dylan Moore and some of the other established Mariners had returned. And with Shedlong Jr. coming back, he more or less became redundant on the roster, especially with the Mariners needing help at first base, with Evan White still on the shelf, and Bowers is a good fit there. Yes, gang, I'm stalling. (laughs) I have to talk about today's game. I don't care how short this segment runs. Today's game sucked. Justice Sheffield just did not have feel or command today. Did not show up in the bases on balls, but he got hit pretty hard. Uh, Too many balls that he threw caught way too much of the zone, and the Tigers took advantage, and there were some errors behind him too, which did not help. He only goes four innings. He allows six hits, though. Five runs, three of them were earned, allows two home runs, including the second batter of the game, Jonathan Scope, one walk and three strikeouts. Jake uh, Taylor, Jake Taylor, Jake Rogers hit the other home run, who also homered in last night's game. Jake Taylor's the catcher from, from Major League, gang. 
Anyways, Misevich and Vest both pitched again. I didn't realize that uh, their ERAs had both risen to over five and a half. They've both been in a lot of ball games, ladies and gentlemen. Misevich gave up three hits and two runs in his inning of work. A home run, that was to uh, Robbie Grossman. Yaxel Rios came in and stunk it up again. One inning pitched, one run, two walks. Hector Santiago pitched the eighth and it wasn't real impressive, but he didn't allow the Tigers to score either. The Mariners only collected six hits all game, two of them by Mitch Hanniger, and they were both solo home runs, one of them as the second batter of the ball game. So in the first inning, the, the second batters for both teams both went yard with solo home runs, so they were effectively even at that point. The other four hits were had by Kyle Seeger, Ty France, Ace Fraley, and Jake Bowers, his first hit as a Mariner, which drove in Ace Fraley in the uh, fifth inning with the Mariners' third and final run. Ty France was hit by another pitch today. That's 10 this season now, gang. Only Mark Canna of the A's has been, has been hit more often in the American League. I can't speak this league this evening for some reason, gang. The Mariners did walk three times. They left seven men on base, but... But on the bright side, Ace Fraley had another good game. One for three with another walk and a run scored. He is now slashing for the season 263, 500, 474. He's on base exactly half the time. 17 walks versus 12 strikeouts, but that strikeout percentage is in striking out 31.6% of his at-bats. And since coming off the disabled list on May 31st, gang, he is slashing 321, 486, 571. With all but one of his extra base hits coming since being activated, he had a double on April 2nd. Strikeout percentage is rather similar. As mentioned earlier, the Tigers put center fielder Derek Hill on the disabled list, and they called up from AAA Daz Cameron. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, that is the son of former Mariners center fielder Mike Cameron. And he looks like his father as a ball player. Same smile, too. But very similar body type, remarkably similar batting stance, and his swing is almost a carbon copy of his, of his father's. Like father, like son, I suppose. This was his first game this morning was his first game of 2021 and last year in 17 games for the Tigers he slashed 193 220 263 played exclusively right field but he was the center fielder in this morning's ball game he was acquired by the Tigers at the trading deadline in 2017 as part of the package of players that sent Justin Verlander from Detroit to the Trastros I don't want to talk about this game anymore, so if you have a question or a comment, please send it over to LockedOnMariners at gmail.com, and I'll address it on the air in a future mailbag episode. Questions and comments on anything at all are highly encouraged. It does not have to be about the Mariners, baseball, or sports in general. Coming up, the M's Midwest road trip continues as they are currently driving in a Winnebago to Minneapolis to try to find the spot where Mary Tyler Moore threw her hat in the air. Before we get to that, though, this word of a vital word of importance, rather, from Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season has been in full swing for quite a while now, and you can track the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball 
baseball, the NBA, the NHL, and all your UFC slash MMA action. Before the next pitch, head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest info. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs, even though it's only mid June. Not a whole lot of teams thinking about the playoffs right now, but you should be. I guess. Head on over to the website or your mobile device today to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. All one word. Now back to Locked On Mariners and your host, D.C. Lundberg. Thank you once again, J.M. There will be a show tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. I alluded um, yesterday that I wasn't positive that there was going to be a Friday show or not, but I was able to get it covered. John Miller will be hosting t- uh, tomorrow's show, Locked On Mariners contributor John Miller, and uh, Jason Hernandez of Locked On Anaheim Ducks will be with him. And in an effort to avoid talking more about this morning's snooze fest, I will set up the upcoming series in Cleveland, which begins tomorrow afternoon. Cleveland is currently 32-27, and 27, uh, second in the American League Central. That's four games behind the White Sox coming into today's action. That record still stands as they had an off day today, and they have a team slash line of 222, 292, 387. Those are that's 14th, 14th, and 10th respectively in the American League in those three components of the slash line. Mariners, by the way, are dead last in all three components. The Indians do not walk very much. They have 172 walks, which is 8.1% of their plate appearances, and they strike out a lot. 25.9% of their um, at-bats have ended in strikeouts, although the Mariners are striking out at a much higher clip. 29.4% of their at-bats are strikeouts. Cleveland is fifth in the American League in stolen bases however so they will run pitching's been much better for them 417 is their team ERA which is in the middle of the pack in the American League it is eighth their team whip is 1.291 their starters ERA is 474 their bullpen's been much better their uh, relievers ERA is 334 that's third in the American League and fifth in Major League Baseball Friday's starter for Cleveland is Aaron Caval or Cavalli, I'm not exactly certain to be honest. He's eight and two this season with a three four nine earned run average. That's far below the team starters ERA. In eighty innings pitched, he's allowed eighteen walks, thirteen home runs, and he struck out fifty eight. He faced the Mariners on May 14th in uh, in Seattle, lasted six and two-thirds innings, gave up five runs. They were all earned. Seven hits, two home runs, a walk, and he struck out six. In his last two starts combined, which were against Toronto in Cleveland and at Baltimore, uh, 12 innings, eight runs, all of them earned, 17 hits, one walk, five home runs, and only five strikeouts, and an opponent's batting average of 340. His ERA went from 304 to 349 in just those two starts. So he might be in a little bit of a slump right now, or he might turn it around. Only time will tell. We'll find out together tomorrow evening. Friday's starter for the Mariners is Justin Dunn, who is slated to come off the injured list after only missing one start. 
Hopefully that means Yaxel Rios will be DFA'd. I've not been impressed with him at all. And Dunn's been sort of hit or miss this season, like most of the rotation, honestly. He's 1-2, but has a 3-1-8 earned run average and a 1.191 whip. A ton of walks, however. 27 walks in 45 and a third innings. That's a lot. That equates to 5.4 per nine. Way, way too many. Not a ton of hits, however. 27 hits, same number of walks also. And he's also given up five home runs, which isn't a tremendous amount. The things that have that have hurt Justin Dunn this season, obviously the walks, but also the high pitch counts. He's gotten into a lot of deep counts, a lot of 2-2 counts full counts, what have you, which has really elevated his pitch count, and he hasn't been able to go deep into a lot of ball games. Saturday will be a 1.10 p.m. Pacific start time. Indians starter is to be announced, but the Mariners starter will be Yusei Kikichi, who will not miss any time after having to leave his last start after twisting his knee upon being hit by a line drive. This season, he's 3-3 three and three with a 4.05 earned run average, lower whip than Mr. Dunn at 1.065. 66 and two-thirds innings for uh, Kikichi-san, 20 walks, 69 strikeouts, 51 hits, and 13 home runs. That's really been the thing with Kikichi-san, the home runs. He's gotten the walks under control. His command is much better than it's been in years past, but he needs to do a better job keeping the ball in the ballpark. Having said that, he has been the best Mariners' best starter overall, and he's also been able to eat a lot of innings. Sunday is going to be another morning game, 10-10 a.m. start time in Seattle and Tacoma. It'll be Logan Gilbert versus Shane Bieber. Gilbert earns his first Major League win his last time out. Five innings pitched, two hits, one run. It was earned. It was a home run, as a matter of fact. He did walk four. That's a lot for five innings. It's a lot for nine innings, quite honestly, with seven strikeouts. His last two starts combined, which were in uh, Seattle versus Oakland and then versus in, and then in Anaheim, pardon me. Wow. 11 innings, three runs all earned, seven hits, five walks, four of them in the last start, 12 strikeouts, one home run, and a 245 earned run average, and an opponent's batting average of just 184. Cleveland is a weak offensive team. If Mr. Gilbert has command of his breaking pitches and doesn't overuse his fastball, this could be a good matchup for him. Opposing him, however, is the 2020 Cy Young Award winner, Shane Bieber. This season, he is 7-3. and three with an ERA way down there at 296 and a whip of 1.188 in 13 starts. His 85 innings pitched leads the American League. His 122 strikeouts leads the American League. He's walked 31, however. That's 3.3 per nine, which is just right around league average. And he's given up nine home runs. He's a stud, ladies and gentlemen. The Mariners could have a rough time in this one. I predict that this will be a quick two-hour and 40-minute pitcher's duel. Might be going out on a limb with that one, but if Mr. Gilbert is sharp and Mr. Bieber is on top of his game, this one could go rather quickly. It could be a one nothing final, a 2 nothing final, 2-1 final, something of that sort. That's going to do it for this one, ladies and gentlemen. Remember that tomorrow I will not be here, but uh, Locked On Bears contributor John Miller will be. He will be joined by Jason Hernandez and also Ethel Mertz, Woodsy Owl, and a taco. Not Taco, the guy who did the bizarre cover of Putting on the Ritz, but a taco. 
Please remember to download, rate, and follow Locked On Mariners. Look for us on any podcasting app that happens to spring into your mind. Leave a rating and review if your podcasting app of choice so allows. Thank you very much for listening to today's show, ladies and gentlemen. I will be with you next week. Remember, John's hosting tomorrow. That'll be fun. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski will keep you updated on the latest news in every major sport with Locked On's team of local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. This is Joey Martin speaking for Locked On Mariners, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.